What's up, everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack, and today we are going to be talking all about hiring the best of the best, how to do it, where to find them, what you're going to have to do, and why it's so important that you get the best of the best all the time. So, cue up theme song. We'll be right back. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Awesome. So glad you guys are still here. Well, today we're going to be talking all about hiring the best of the best. Now, one of the questions that you probably have is like, Dan, I already hire good people. Why do I need to hire the best of the best? Well, it takes me back to like Men in Black. Do you guys remember Men in Black? It's uh, the Will Smith movie. And uh, and I have to laugh because he kind of, he's kind of making fun of everybody. And they're like, they all get called into Men in Black, and they're they're doing the initial trial for it. And in the uh, and the guy, I can't remember I can't remember who it is. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is standing there, and it's not Tommy Lee Jones; it's the other guy, kind of the heavier set guy in the Men in Black. And he looks at him, he goes, "Why are we here? Why are you here?" And one of the military guys stands up, and he's got his chest all stuck out because we're the best of the best of the best, sir. And Will Smith kind of makes fun of him. He's like. Yeah, I don't know why these guys are here. The best of the best of the best, sir. He's like, I'm here because I tracked down some funky thing, and this guy gave me this card, and uh, now that I'm here to like try to figure this out. <laughs> but my my point is, is sometimes like the best of the best isn't always who you think it is in an interview, and that's why you've got to do a little bit of research whenever you're hiring to find the best of the best. Because like that movie is a great example of Will Smith is actually the best of the best for that position. He's 100% the best of the best for that position. But the thing you got to remember is, is that he's not necessarily, doesn't portray himself as the best of the best. And that's one thing you got to remember is that he's, uh, some people who are really good, who are totally meant for the position, aren't really great at portraying themselves. And so when you're looking for those amazing people to join your team, don't base it solely on one interview. Don't base it solely on because they have a pulse or a heart rate. Don't base it on anything like that. Base it on the simple fact that, you know, you're looking for the best possible person for that position, whoever that is. And that's one of the things that you really need to remember as you uh, go through the hiring process with everything is you're not looking for the first person who's there. Don't take the first applicant and just hire them on the spot, even if you're in dire need for people. Because when you look for the best of the best, you're actually going to get great team members and then the rest of your team is going to love it as well. So let's talk a little bit about what to expect whenever you're hiring the best of the best. Well, so there's a few things to expect. The one is, is that you're going to have to pay more money. So if you want to pay minimum wage, you're going to get a minimum wage worker. That's the way it works. Would you work for anything less? Like at your skill level, would you work for less or more? The more skill you have, the more you're worth. And you realize that and you know that and you know what you're worth. And so you're going to be able to easily pay yourself more money or ask for more money because you know what you're worth. 
Now, on the flip side of that, there is people who think they are the best of the best, but they're really not. They're really second-rate, cheap people, and, and they don't have great attitudes, and they're not great people, and they're not somebody you actually want to work with. And so they're not the best of the best, but they think they're the best of the best, okay? So you need to be able to discern that. You need to be able to cut those two apart from the people who truly are the best of the best to the people who aren't the best of the best, but but try to put themselves across as the best person for any position whatsoever. And 90% of the time, you're going to be able to see those people because they're going to have huge egos. They're going to be full of themselves and they're never going to do anything wrong. They're going to screw up more stuff than anybody else does. In, they'll do it in a day for what somebody else does in a year. They'll screw up that much stuff, but they're never going to take any fault in anything. They're never at any blame. They never take any responsibility. And it's never their fault whenever you talk to them. Well, it's not my fault I ran over that pallet of stuff with a forklift. Somebody else put it in front of me. It's been there for two weeks. It was where it belongs. What do you, what, I'm so confused, right? So one of the things you're going to have to do is, is, like I said, you're going to have to hire a little bit. You're going to have to pay a little bit more to get great people. And then whenever you do that, whenever you offer more money, you're also going to have to understand that you are going to get those people who think they're amazing, but they're not. You're going to get those people that apply for those positions, and you're going to have to be able to weed through that. And so be prepared and be willing to terminate some people that you hire that don't necessarily portray themselves properly. They're not, they're not the person who they say they are. Okay, and That's going to happen pretty frequently as you get into this and as you learn more about it. And as you start hiring better people and start paying more, you're going to get that other class of people in there that don't necessarily aren't necessarily worth that money okay they think they are they think they're great but they're really not so so you're gonna have to learn how to kind of weed through that one of the things that that i really want to remember that i want you to remember is is that you can't be afraid to train the right person okay when when we go back and we look at that movie men in black was will smith ready for that role no he he was a nypd cop he was a street cop that's all he was but the kid was quick, he was smart, he was sharp in the movie, right? Like he had a lot of things going for him, but he was definitely not the first choice in the interviews. He was definitely not the first choice in the testing either, right? He didn't, he didn't test the highest. He didn't do the best in the interviews. He wasn't the best candidate as he went through that. But what they saw in him was potential, right? And I've hired lots of people that have lots of potential that don't know anything about what they're doing when they first start. But you see that potential in them and you want them to grow and you know they can grow. And so you are willing then to help them grow because they're willing to grow. But there are people who don't have that willingness. And there are people who you can't teach anything. Like I, Personally, in my life, I have been that person who can't learn anything at one time. And I had somebody who was super smart tell me, he said, Dan, if you stay this way, Nobody's ever going to work with you. Nobody was his exact words. And I was like, man, that's harsh. Nobody's going to work with me if I stay this way? Well, I didn't really let it get me down. What I did was I just said, okay. And I kind of moved on at the time. Now looking back on it, I would have changed in about a half a heartbeat to be a better person. Half a heartbeat. Because I know now that whenever I'm learning, I am happy. Now, I have to be learning truly in my heart to be happy. And that's one of the things that I, I strive to do. And so you're looking for the people 
who want to learn, the people who can learn, the people who are willing to take those next steps to, to learn, right? Like that's part of what you're looking for to find the best of the best. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is like attitude. So whenever I'm looking at people to hire, whenever I'm looking for the best people in the industry, maybe even people who aren't in the industry, but the best people for the position to hire is, is attitude. Because their attitude makes all the difference in the world. Now, you'll know that I'm huge on attitude. And if you get a bad attitude with me, I'm probably going to have a bad attitude with you. And I don't deal with negativity. You're going to be negative. You ain't going to be around me. I ain't going to deal with it. I ain't going to put up with it. You ain't going to be in my life for very long if you're negative. Because I got too much, too many good things going on, too many positive things in order to deal with a bunch of negative crap from somebody who doesn't even matter, from somebody who's not making any difference. They're not moving the needle, okay? So I look for attitude whenever I hire people because experience is nothing. I don't care if you went to a four-year college. I don't give a crap if you went to Harvard or Yale or whatever those other expensive colleges are. That doesn't make a crap to me. It doesn't make a bit of difference to me. College, no college, I don't care. You graduated high school, didn't graduate high school, I don't even care about that. I'll be 100% honest with you. Whenever I look at people, I don't look at their education because the school system is a joke, but that's for a whole other podcast, right? The entire school system, the entire college is a whole joke. Trade schools aren't necessarily a joke because you're learning a trade while you're there. So I don't have a problem with trade schools, but I do have a problem with us placing, with the United States in general or the world per se, placing, placing so much influence, so much weight on school and employers placing so much weight on, oh, you got to go to college. Oh, you got to get a degree. Oh, you can't turn into a VP until you've got at least an associate's or a master's or a bachelor's or a doctorate or whatever the hell they want you to have which is just a joke. You know, one of the things that I've said forever is don't let school get in the road of a good education. And you'll hear that from me time and time again. And I agree with that 100%. And that's attitude right there all the way. Because you can have somebody who does atrocious in school and they pass with no GPA at all, like with, with just enough to pass on. But they still passed, right? They still had the stick to to get through it. That's, that's part of it, right? Like I can see that side of it. But I can't see the other side. So I don't let college, I don't let school be make any kind of hiring decision for me for any position in my company. Whenever I'm looking for the next CEO of one of my companies, college is going to have nothing to do with it. And when I have somebody like a board member or something like that that comes up and that goes, man, you really need to be putting college on here. I can't hire this guy because he doesn't have college. And I'm going to say, my company, heck with you, I'm going to hire him. Because if I like his attitude and I like what he or she's doing and they didn't complete college or they didn't even start college, or they were high school dropout, but they've shown themselves in the school of life, I'm going to take that person over somebody who graduated from the top college in the nation because I don't give a crap about a college degree or diploma, okay? And that's what I mean about attitude when it comes down to it, is that attitude that they have gives them so much stick to to keep moving. And, and I know there's going to be some arguments out here. Well, it shows a lot of stick to when you go through four years of college. Bull, Okay. You went to four years of party school, probably on somebody else's dime. 90% of kids right now aren't going through college on their dime. They're going through college on their parents' dime. Then they want us to pay, back, pay it back. But that's, I mean, a whole different story. We're not on that right now. We're talking about hiring the best of the best. So I don't allow college or education, school, I don't allow school to get in road of hiring somebody for education as well. What I look at a lot of is attitudes. If you got an attitude of a winner, you got a good attitude if you can keep moving when things hit you down whenever you hit that brick wall if you can pick yourself up and keep going that's what excites me to be able to see that in people it excites me to be able to see people who get excited for their cause get excited for their passion 
I also look for people who have something outside of work. That's part of my big thing for when I'm hiring the best of the best. I don't want somebody whose only life is work. And there's a reason for that. The reason why I don't look for people who solely devote their entire life to work is because they're never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to be able to give them enough. They're never going to be in the right place. If they have stuff going on at home, if they're part of the community, if they, if, if maybe they're part of a church group or they have a great family and they love traveling with their family, I'm going to be more apt to lean to that person than I am the person who, who only does work and does nothing else outside of work. And there's two reasons for that. The first reason that I look at that kind of stuff is because, well, you know, honestly, if you're that devoted to work, you're going to be more apt to leave for another high-paying job or an, and you're always going to be looking because you're never going to be satisfied, right? If, you, if you've got stuff to do with your family and you want to work and you want that good balance to where you're, not, you're willing to work when you need to work and you're willing to go above and beyond, but you're not necessarily willing to give up everything in your life for work, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I know that somebody's going to argue with me. They're going to be like, Dan, are you sure this is what you're looking for when the best of the best? It is. Because it shows to you that they can provide balance in life. It shows to you that they can, they can seek out balance and they can make balance when balance doesn't exist. Now, I can tell you from running a business and starting a business and being a DOT manager for the largest non-union contractor in the United States that, that it's not easy to be balanced. And you're going to go through times of extreme imbalance. And what I mean by that is, is there's, there's days right now that I work 18 hours a day, seven days a week when we're getting ready for a launch. There's days that I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm pounding it out on my computer and I'm doing stuff. There's also days that I'm spending the whole day with my family because they're off. There's also days that we're going to the beach or going to the mountains or going roller skating or going hiking or doing other stuff. There's also days that I'm involved in the community and I take time off to go play the Grinch for the local school or something like that. That's just a ton of fun. That's what I mean by balance is that it's okay when you're looking for somebody if they have a little bit of imbalance, but it's not okay if their whole life is work. You need to find somebody who's got something outside of work that they love doing because they're going to get burnt out if they stay only working for so long. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to hiring the best of the best is that kind of stuff. Attitude is huge. The way that they act, their reactions. Are they a great leader or are they a follower? Right? Are they an opener or a closer? Do they fit the team or are they exact opposite of the team? Are they going to push the team or hold the team back? Those are the things that I look, look at whenever I look at hiring people. And, and you know, I'll tell you what, we made a hire not too long ago. It was a guy and he didn't work out. And, and it is what it is. But when we hired him, we hired him uh, solely based off of, well, recommendation. We had somebody who recommended him to us, and we hired solely based off of that. And it wasn't a mistake to hire him, but we dumped about $10,000 into this guy, a little more, trying to get him ready to go. And as soon as we got him up to par, as soon as we got him to where he was actually going to start making the company money in the next month or two for us, he, he quit. And you know what? It was good. I would much rather have him quit because it was quit or get fired because his attitude went through the tank. When we hired him, he was pretty good, but he got cocky. He got these certifications under his belt, and he got cocky. And after he got cocky, it was time to cut the, cut, to cut the leash, and we weren't going to deal with it anymore because that's a, one thing that I don't deal with as a leader is somebody who comes in and bows up and acts like a little chihuahua in a pit bull fight. You can't go hide behind somebody else 
when you start something. And that's not the people I look for whenever I hire them. I look for winners. I look for people who are going to go out and fight for the company. People who love, love what they do. They don't like it. They don't tolerate it. They love it. They're excited to talk about where they work. They're excited to talk about what they're doing. They're excited to talk about everything that's going on in their life, business related or not. They're excited for all of that. And they love every single second of it. And they won't trade any of it. Not even for a minute. Because you know what? They know what they have and they know what it's worth. And they'll do anything. They'll do anything for their team. They'll do anything to keep you moving forward. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you that when you're hiring, if you have a, a top pay range, I want you to look at that. And I want you to see what other people in the industry are paying. And I want you to see what you're getting. Because there's going to be a really good chance you're going to hire somebody for a mediocre wage and you're going to get a mediocre worker. They're not going to be a great team member. They're not going to go above and beyond. They're not going to want to learn. They're not going to have a great attitude. And I want you to try something. I want you to experiment with this one time. And I just want you to see what happens. You don't even have to hire anybody. If you put a job post out there and you double your wages, especially if you're a small company, if you double your wages and you're not going to piss off anybody else, and you put that and you put that application out there, or you give your current employees raises to get them up to where they need to be, to where they're surviving, to where they're more than surviving, right? They see that they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see the growth. They see the potential. You're not nickel and diamond them to death. You're not asking them to work 40 hours for 10 hours of pay. What would happen if you did that? What would happen to your culture? What would happen to your workforce? What would happen to the people you hire? Do you think you'd actually have to hire somebody if you increased your wages by 20%? Over what, the, over what the normal wage is? Do you think that you would have people who were more dedicated to win? Do you think that you would have people who were on the route to success more, that were giving you more time, that were more dedicated to you, that were better employees, that would listen better, that would try harder, that would do more without being asked? When you hire 18 players, that's what you're getting. You're going to pay for them. 18 players aren't cheap. 18 players cost you a lot of money. But they also save you a lot of money. They save you a lot of time. They save you a lot of headache. Because when you hire an A-team player, they don't ask dumb questions. They figure it out. They come in and they take care of you. They get you where you need to be without you ever even asking a question. You don't have to say, hey, what'd you do today? You know what they did today. You know where they're at. You know what they've done. You know where they're going. You know what they got going on tomorrow. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to babysit them. You don't have to do anything to that. We did a podcast a little while ago on a micromanager versus a macro leader and how you need macro leaders in your company. I'll tell you what I shoot for whenever I hire. I shoot to hire 100% leaders. I want everybody in my company right now to be a leader. And you know why? Because a leader is a good follower. A great leader is a good follower. I'm going to say that again. A great leader is a good follower. And they're a great servant. The best leader of all time that ever walked this earth was Christ. And Christ was the best servant of all. He got down and washed the feet of his disciples at one point. Have you ever washed anybody's feet without it being your babies? Probably not, right? I can't say that I've ever washed anybody's feet. My point here is, is that if you hire all leaders, if everybody on your team is a leader, then they're also all going to be great followers. And they're going to be great servants. And I don't mean a servant who serves you. I mean a servant who gets the job done, who does more than they're asked, who goes above and beyond. Somebody who performs miracles. 
within your company. That's what happens when you hire 18 people. That's what happens when you hire the best of the best. And the big thing with that is that you got to remember is, is that the only way to hire those people is to up your standards, up your ante, up your game. If you're a service-based business, which 90% of you are, 90% of the world is service-based businesses. It's actually over 90% are service or product-based businesses. We're a service-based business. Do you think we'd keep customers if our service tanked? Do you think we'd keep clients if our service went to crap and they couldn't depend on us and they didn't get what they needed or what they wanted and we couldn't help them? Do you think that would make a difference? You bet it would. We wouldn't have the rating we have today. We wouldn't have the customers we have today. We wouldn't have a, a less less than a 1% churn rate of our customers without our customer service. Are you guys getting this? Does this make sense when I'm laying down here? Like, I know that I've rambled on. I know I've been in a couple different directions. And I know that there's been a lot. And we talked a little bit about school and education and some of my beliefs there. But are you, are you, are you guys like picking this up? Does it make sense? Do you see why you got to look for 18 players? Do you see why you got to look for the best of the best? You got to see why you can't be afraid to train somebody when you find the right person for the job. If you can train them and they can learn and they can pick it up, why not? Why not help them? Why not give somebody a hand up and help them, into, help them up off their knees? And the big thing I can say for this is like there's three big things that I look for. And the first one is, is attitude. Attitude is everything to me. If you've got a bad attitude, you're going to fail at life. You're going to fail at everything and you're going to always blame it on somebody else. And that right there drives me 100% nuts. I hate it when somebody else blames somebody for anything. You can ask any one of my kids. Whenever they start making excuses, they'll come in and I'll say, hey, is your room clean? And they'll go, no. Why? Well, I was going to, but, and I go, what? Pause. Hold on. Stop. Before you answer this question, where do butts belong? Every single one of my kids will tell you, butts belong on a chicken. They don't belong in a conversation. They got chicken butts, but we don't have a butt in a conversation. A butt is an excuse. And when you got somebody with a bad attitude, they make excuses. And that's, that's something I don't tolerate in my house. That's something I don't tolerate with my company either. If you give me an excuse, I don't want to hear it, right? I want to hear not why you didn't get it done, what you're going to do to get it done. And that's what I do with my kids. Right? That's what I do as a leader. Is I don't allow buts. I don't allow excuses. I don't allow them in my life either. Because I know what? Whenever I say but, I give myself an excuse and I give myself a way out that I don't want. I don't want anything to do with that way out. That means my attitude is slipping whenever I say but. I'm starting to blame somebody else. But that's for a whole other podcast as well. Right now we're talking about 18 players. Hiring the best of the best. So we talked about attitude and how you got to have a great attitude to be an A-team player and how most A-team players have phenomenal attitudes. They fight to the very end. To the very end they fight and they're always great people and they usually have great hearts and great leaders. And a great leader is a great follower. They listen as much as they talk or listen twice as much as they talk. Leaders don't have to preach. They're not preachers. They're leaders. There's a difference. Now you can be a leader that preaches for the church or something like that. But it's hard to preach when you're a leader. So if we go back and recap this whole thing, one of the first things that i got to bring up is this, is that when you're hiring, you need to reevaluate what your pay scale is. You need to evaluate where you're at, 
who you're hiring, how you're hiring. Because if you're hiring entry-level people for minimum wage and you're not paying them a decent wage, you're not, number one, you're not going to have them very long. Number two, they're not going to be dedicated to you. The next thing you got to look at is attitude. Do you have somebody in your business that's got a bad attitude, number one, or in your company or in your organization? Now, if you're in an organization, you can't necessarily fire people, <laughs> but you can help guide them to have a better attitude. You, you can help them grow. That's the point of what a leader does. You help other people grow. So attitude is huge. you got to have the right attitude. The third thing is you can't be afraid to train the right people. And that goes with the first one. You're probably not going to find somebody that's perfect for the job that you're looking for unless your job is not 100% unique. I can tell you that no job in Eclipse DOT is something that anybody else is going to do. Ever. <laughs> we could hire somebody who's done DOT for 16 years and they're still going to be green when they come into Eclipse DOT because they're not going to have a clue about what we do or our customers or how we do it or how to serve them or they're going to be missing stuff. Okay. On that note, one of the things that I look for a lot is somebody who can admit when they're wrong. And that, that comes back to attitude, right? Because if you can admit when you're wrong, that means that you know that you've got an issue to work forward on. You know that you can work forward. If you've got somebody who does know wrong, they're never going to be able to actually move forward. So they're not an A-team player. And the last thing that we're going to hit on that we've already talked about a little bit, and we're just going to recap right now, is that when you do all this, when you look for leaders, when you look for attitude, when you raise your pay rates, when you start looking for A-team players, you start making people do personality profiles and assessments before you ever hire them, you're going to get a lot of crap when you raise that pay scale. Because guess what? Everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to make more money. I'm going to say that one more time. Everybody wants to make more money. And if you don't believe that's true, look at the richest people in the world. They still want more money. Because it's just money. The poorest people in the world, they want more money. Doesn't matter what you make, doesn't matter how good you got it, everybody wants to make more money. So you're going to get a lot of crap whenever you do all this. You're going to get you're going to have to sift through crappy people. But you know what? I shouldn't say people, I should say applicants. Here's the thing, and this is something I'd rather do. I would rather go through 100 applications and come up with 5 that I want to interview than I would go through 5 applications and not have one that's worth a crap. And that's something that's hard. That's something that's tough to consider because you look at it, it's almost like saying, "Man, Dan, are you willing to give up 100 clients for five? Well, if they're five perfect clients and they do what those 100 clients do, then heck yes, I am. I'm willing to drop 95% of my work, right? Now, that's not the way we work in business. That's not what we do. But do you understand what I'm saying? If you get the right people and they take the right load off you, they're worth twice as much money. But you're going to have to sift through a bunch of junk to get there because there's a lot of people who think they're worth a lot, but they ain't. I ain't worth nothing. Depends on, on what job it is and what I'm doing. I can tell you right now that I take less of a salary out of my company that I own than most people get every single year who are in leadership roles. And we're a single income family. It's not about the money, guys, to me. If it was about the money, you'd be hearing a bunch of advertisements on these podcasts and we'd be monetizing the heck out of this. It's not about the money. It's about helping people learn. It's about giving them the opportunity to grow. 
Guys, that's it. I know that this podcast was just a little bit different. It probably didn't go in the direction that you thought it was going to go to begin with, but I had a lot of fun with it. I'm glad you're here to listen and let me vent a little bit. I've got to jump because I've got another meeting to come into, and so I really appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate your time. I don't take it lightly with you guys giving me your time and being here, and so I just want you to know how much I appreciate you, number one. Number two, I want to say this. If you liked this podcast, I'd love for you to give us a five-star review. And this podcast was a little bit different, so if you loved this podcast, I want to hear about it because I'd like to get a little bit more personal. I'd like to get a little bit more into my feelings, into my knowledge, and and be a little more um, less polished with (laughs) you, to say the least, because I tell you what, I have a lot of fun doing this one, and I know we bounced around a lot. But I really appreciate you guys showing up. So if you liked it, let us know. Give us a five-star review and uh, share this podcast with one friend for me. All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. We'll chat soon. Later.